Should we try another test? Or is this working? I think the tests are going horribly. If we keep doing them, then <laughs> it's not gonna, I'm not going to want to do this anymore. Okay, okay. That's from The Office. Do you remember that? Yeah. All right, well, welcome to How I Hear It. Um, We haven't done one of these in a long time. I think this is episode three. Maybe it's episode four. Honestly, maybe I should have looked that up before we got started. Not us. Who's keeping track? No one. Um, Just like our country. This is a special quarantine edition because, well, we have been separated by distance for some time with Max and Santa Cruz. We are now also both just stuck where we're at, me in Oakland. A distance greater than six feet, just to be clear. A distance, an emotional distance now, a psychological distance. Approximately six feet away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe we get started with just how you doing? What are you up to? How are you filling your time? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, it does kind of seem like this might not be a special podcast edition because who knows if we'll ever uh, live the same way we did in the before times. This might just be an all the time. Right. Yeah. Um, but it'll be special because every day is still special. Yeah. And, and, and everybody is a special star. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, there's obviously a lot of important things to stop, to like talk about in the world today. To stock up on as well. Uh, but I think what we wanted to do is just both have, you know, something to look forward to or something to work on. Yeah, wait, uh, how are you doing? I didn't ask you. Uh, I don't know. Is that what you're saying right now? You want to have something to work on? Well, yeah, I'm just trying to explain why we want to make a podcast right now. I think it's to provide some sort of sense or like to uh maybe we can make light of a couple things and talk about some things that we think are important um and hopefully just be entertaining or engaging for any moment out of your day that isn't full of complete dread or panic or despair or you know any of the dystopian nightmare feelings yes we have had an idea which no one else up to this point has had which is to record a podcast during a time mm-hmm. when everyone is stuck inside their homes and have already watched tiger king multiple times and have sure. nothing else left to do well but so we, were, we were the first to decide to record a podcast <laughs> about it exactly congratulations to us <laughs> what do you tell me what your quarantine days are looking like do you have some sort of routine that you're following are there projects or things that you're trying to get done yeah well i recently moved to an island um and got some new neighbors. They're all anthropomorphized animal people. Mm-hmm. Um, by coincidence. See, this is an experience that a lot of people have, and I don't, I don't know how. You're talking about Animal Crossing, and I don't know how. No, any I'm talking of that, about my actual life. Yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> I think that's completely valid. That is more of your life than your regular life is now. That's- Correct. I don't know how that game is so popular. I've never, it's never been something that was on my radar at all. And then it seems like it came out of nowhere 
But the more surprising thing to me is that just also everyone has that game and also has like a Nintendo Switch. I don't know when all of yeah. that happened. Like when were we all getting all of that stuff ready? I mean, pretty much as soon as the the news hit, right? I mean, no, it just happened to be if people have been looking forward to this game for a long time. But I was gonna say, very exciting news today from my island. I purchased a guitar effects pedal board. Oh shoot, oh. my phone's ringing. Hang on oh, one no. second. Okay. <laughs> this is very exciting. That's a strange ringtone. I kind of like it though. Um, this will we'll block this out with like technical difficulties, accordion wait, wait. music, oh, yeah. or something. Oh yeah, you're talking. I was just filling filling the space. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So you're playing a lot of Animal Crossing. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I got I got you a um uh, a guitar effects pedal board. In Animal Crossing. In Animal Crossing, yeah, I bought it from the. From Did you Timmy make? And Tommy. Is am is I that... one of the like Wii uh, no. characters? Oh, okay. No, I just had you in mind when I purchased it. You can't. So in Animal Crossing, you can't just fill this world with like different avatars of your friends. No. That would be a little too dark. There's like a couple hundred like pre-existing characters that you can like run into and that can right. like convinced to move to your island basically would... such as puddle puddles the frog who lives on my island that sounds great yeah anyway um but yeah so i've been doing that and listening to some music anything uh, in well. particular well recently i've been and maybe i'll talk more about this but uh or in the past a couple days ago i spent basically a whole day watching reaction videos to death grips on youtube um and i think like i think well i'd, I'd be interesting interested just in general to get your take um on death grips but it, i've just had a lot of fun like watching people um get it or not get it and it, it kind of like i guess i'm in a period of like going back to death grips music like i always kind of go on and off sure. uh, uh, with the group. And right now I'm just like, it's just been long enough that I'm, it's fresh again for me. Yeah. But, uh, and I think there's other reasons why I'm kind of listening to it right now, but. That's, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I think I, I avoid it because I'm scared that I am going to be one of the people who doesn't get it. What? No, <laughs> it's very conventional. Yeah, it's, it's like I think the first thing to like set I think aside I've is heard like, it, but I haven't like you know, I haven't really dived in. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people avoid it because, like, a lot of people whose opinion I respect, you know, would avoid it because it's like, um, really caught up in like whether or not it's authentically edgy. Yeah, you know, I think like a lot of people, there's like a lot of. Energy can, spent on that. We can do know? a Death Grips episode. After, we should after this. We should honestly. Uh, what do you? What do you else are you doing in your with your days? What are you doing? Wait, wait. Uh, I'm. I've been listening to a lot of my own music, trying to get the album done, which is weird. Um, but now that's like over, and I'm not going to listen to anything that I'm doing for a long time, which is okay. like part of that you know, 
it's, it'll be great to just get a break from like just mixing and like trying to listen to things that aren't there or trying right. to really pay attention to stuff you don't understand. Yeah. I've been listening to, um, let's see, Ski Mask is this great like minimalist uh, artist who has like really droney albums. Uh, we have in my new apartment, we have like a cassette tape set up in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So I've been taking, like, going through uh, all the cassettes I have, which is, nice. uh, I don't know, I think like 200 at this point. Damn. And just kind of listening to those. Um, let's see, the other night I cooked dinner and listened to, like, Neil Young, Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere. Uh, I've got Green Day, Dookie. Nice, um, nice. Cute replacements. Um, okay. Pleased to meet me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is really cool. It's just like basically going through a bunch of like comfort albums, which I think yeah. is mostly what I'm trying to do. But yeah, other than that, I've just been reading, playing guitar. Um, yeah. It's been good. Trying to figure out how to work in a world that doesn't need bartenders. Yeah. 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 I think I might have an opportunity to like a couple days a week. I mean, we'll see what happens, but like sell cocktails to go. Yeah. From my from my job, but I've seen a lot of places doing that. Yeah. Which is like, I don't know, like personally, I wouldn't buy that, but you know. Well, yeah. It's definitely people in Oakland are buying them. Like Eli's is selling margaritas to go buy like the fucking court container. Damn. And it looks like people are buying them out of product. But That's it cool. seems like also if you start doing that and working there, then you're not going to qualify for unemployment insurance. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Right. It's a it's all a fucked game, and no one's going to win, apparently. You're just going to no get they... a $1,200 check to fuck off. Just the only winner is the Rona. And the landlords. But, well, yes. <laughs> I mean, hopefully not, but <laughs> realistically, they are they are winning. Yeah. In the end. True. Anyway. Okay. Why I brought you here today, why I, why I called you up out of the blue to record a podcast that we've been planning to record for a week is I would love to play one of my favorite games. In our recurring segment. Uh, oh no, what did we call it? It was Max's Snacks. Max Max's Music Facts. Correct. Fake Facts with Fake Max. What? With what? the real Max, not featuring real, real Max. Max. Fake Facts with... Real Max. Okay. Yep. Uh, so, are you ready to play? Do you remember the rules? This is what it's called. This is what it's called. Oops, just the facts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it should be called oops and then like an exclamation point. We can make a graphic yeah. for it too. Yeah. That'd be fun. And then it says family size because it's, the graphic is done in the style of a, a Captain Crunch box, but I'm but there instead of Captain Crunch. You're wearing a Captain Crunch hat. Yeah, I'm just surrounded by facts. They're in like the little bowl (laughs) of cereal and you're just scooping them out, trying to separate them. (laughs) There's some strawberries on the side and it's like a swimming suggestion. There's no strawberries in fucking Captain Crunch. Well, no. Are the fake facts the marshmallows or are the real facts the marshmallows? That's the the real question. It's just air and sugar. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, so you remember how this works. I'm going to present to you three headlines, right? Two of which will be truthful and factual. Um, and one of which will not be true. Right. And it's up to you to decide which one 
I'm telling a fib on. Okay. Which one I'm pulling your leg, not literally because we are separated and more than six feet and speaking via internet video call. True. Um, okay. You've seen Tiger King. Yes. Who hasn't? Who hasn't? That's not the headline, but nobody. Oh, okay. Um, here's the one. Tiger King's Doc Antle, the creepy cult dude, um, oh. once shared the stage with Britney Spears at the MTV VMAs in 2001. This is fucked up because I just saw, I was just kind of like vaguely watching that video. Of the VMAs? And I know that of Britney Spears' performance where there's a boa constrictor named Banana that's yellow. Oh, wow. And the question is, what I don't remember whether it was Doc Antle who mm. takes it from her, but I think it was. But anyway, okay, so that's one. Um, so here's number two. Um, the Beatles' Abbey Road, that crossing from the record cover. Oh, yeah. Um, now that coronavirus has shut down so much of the traffic, um, it got a new paint job for the first time in a long time um, because people are now crossing it. It had been an extremely okay. popular spot, you know, to walk across and take a photo. Right, right. Um, as you can so imagine. It, so it's still going to be, you know, crooked like the those scissors that you got in grade school that cut in like a, like a zigzag pattern. They're, they're not like straightening out the lines or anything. They're just refreshing no, it. Oh, yeah, just refreshing yeah. it, yeah. Because wouldn't it be wild if like while everyone's gone, they just... They just repaint it completely. <laughs> like a totally normal... <laughs> Make it look like the ugly crossing... Like they could, so no one wants to take a picture there. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Uh, okay. And number three, Cardi B schedules a meeting with President Trump to start a GoFundMe for Joe Exotic. Well, there's two Tiger King related uh, adjacent yeah. headlines here. I mean, it's a huge part of the news. There's not a lot yeah. else going on. But that does kind of make me suspect that one of those is not true <laughs> i think i think you just watched my theory is that you just watched it you finished it yesterday oh yeah no me and jeff uh and his partner cassie watched it like all of it all at once like two or three days ago it's hard it all, all the days blur together so i have no idea it could have been last night it could have been last just, week we should probably just cancel our plans for the podcast and just talk about this show, <laughs> yeah let's do i mean that would be a good episode it's just Talking about Joe Exotic's music too. Honestly, yes. That would like be we good. should li- we should do All right. I'm writing it I'm writing it down, but we do have those tracks go. A plan for right now. Okay. Um I think I don't I think Cardi B has not is not planning a GoFundMe for Joe Exotic. Okay. That's my final answer. Well, it's weird because you phrased it that way. Um, I'll say you're right. You won't. <gasps> Wait a second. She's she is planning for... a GoFundMe for Joe Exotic. The the lie in that was that she did not schedule a meeting with the president. Okay. Okay. But it's Man, really funny trickier. that you. Yeah. It's funny <laughs> that you didn't. You weren't suspicious of the meeting with President Trump. <laughs> you were suspicious of the GoFundMe, which she is starting she's pledged to start a gofundme for joe exotic she's a huge stan but what's the fund for for his legal team i don't know you see like i don't think a lot of people think about it more than just that surface <laughs> level like oh good he needs money <laughs> like he needs something 
honestly his husband dude like what a sad kid dude oh man (laughs) i mean no one is clean in that entire show there's like well i mean maybe the husband the latest one he seems pretty chill oh there's something something (laughs) icky about it though like of course there's something like the, the emotional distress or you know underlying emotional abuse that that husband is suffering 100%. seemingly willingly like it's yeah. really strange even but the woman who gets her arm chewed off by a fucking tiger is seems seems to have like a pretty clear vision of like who's right and wrong and like what her opinions are and stuff but then she's like I don't want I don't want to go through physical therapy for two years. That's a long time to have an arm. Like, <laughs> That's a long time to not be hanging out with tigers. She, said that her, she was able to sign a piece of paper with it and then said, like, no, never mind. I don't want to, I don't want to go through two years <laughs> of physical therapy to keep my arm. Cut it off, yeah. Just take it. Yeah. Wow, dude. Anyway, this is, this is all stuff, the preamble for the, our Tiger King episode. Which right, is coming I will go on the record next after the Death Grips episode. But I will go on the record now because the time is right mm-hmm. to say Free Joe Exotic, he is innocent. Well, um, he did nothing wrong and he's done he nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. Okay. It, uh, well, this, it, uh, setting aside the unconscionable abuse of animals, nothing wrong. Well, I think, yeah. I don't know. I'm definitely... He's a fascinating character. I think out of all of that, the guy that sucked the most was Jeff Lowe. That dude with the, like, fucking goatee, the Las Vegas did he, guy. Did he suck the most? I mean... I like, mean, he was pretty fucking yeah. terrible. Visually, he was really bad. Personally, also very bad. Yeah, he's probably the worst. Well... Just as a person. But at the no. end, he was like... Is he worse than Doc Antle? He's sitting there with his wife, his girlfriend at the end, and he's like, yeah, we're, she's pregnant, and as soon as the baby comes out, she's going right back to the gym. <laughs> and then I'm yeah. hiring... She let me hire the nanny, and he's got, like, this photo of, like, some, like, sexy ladies, like, ha yeah. Oh, my God, like, yeah. That was... Dude. I mean, it's all... His behavior before that was already pretty fucked, and... 100%. Like reprehensible, but that was the nail in the coffin at the very end. <laughs> like, but dude, his look, oh, his look, oof, very yeah. strong. The Oakleys, dude, the Oakley sponsorship. Rough. Oh man. Okay. Okay. So let's hold. This is the first one that I've successfully gotten correct. Yeah. Um, this, is the, this is the end of. Oops, I did it again. Did we set it up? Oh, so we're just not gonna do it anymore. <laughs> Oh, no, no, I mean, of this. Oh, this I thought you meant the end of, like, <laughs> as soon as you get one right, we can't do it anymore. And I, and I didn't even get it right. Uh, you, I think you got it half right. How about a half point? That is a point half full. Okay. Sounds good. Round it up. <laughs> um, Round it up. Let's take, uh, right here, we'll do a little bump, a little music. Okay thing break and then we'll come back on the other side and talk about um how the future of music is going to be changed by all this we'll also talk about celebrities and their reactions to this crisis
And we're back. Hey. Uh, so I think we should start out talking about the person who's been on everyone's minds for the last 20 years, Britney Spears. Who's always close to our minds and our hearts. Sure. And our midriffs, our, our bare midriffs. And what are we talking about exactly? You know, why did she grip the the nation, the world's attention? <laughs> well, I mean, I think she's still in lots of issues. I mean, you know, we all, y'all know her, y'all love her. Um, she, her career never really bounced back from since, you know, the kind of early 2000s, like 2007, I think was when she kind of had like, you know, a very public <clears throat> meltdown. And since then has been performing, doing a lot of live shows in Las Vegas. I didn't realize that at all, actually. Yeah. That yeah. seems like such a weird, it's, Las Vegas is weird because it seems like some performers like fail or go mm-hmm. down like this weird like tube outside out of stardom like you just mm-hmm. are riding the yeah. slide all the way down it just ends with a vegas show and then right. other performers seem to get to vegas and it's like that was what they wanted all along yeah i'm not sure if it's what she wants but she's like i mean as a career i think just treading water and could do that easily for the rest of her life i mean as long as she can perform i guess but just being because yeah because she is who she is and she just has like that kind of status and, and sure. name recognition and stuff but basically you know, has not put out any new music, is operating in obscurity. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, when I think of her, I think of her, like, of that whole, I mean, I remember that whole moment mm-hmm. when she was a big deal in the light of what was happening to her in the in, in 2007, you know, and I remember right. Kevin Federline and all that kind of stuff. His, his, like, for some reason, his face is really burned in my memory it was such a big thing i mean he was it was some weird thing about like uh you know she was like america's i don't know if girl next door is the right word mm-hmm. but like she was america's like princess in some way and then this guy who he's he's just a backup dancer he's not good <laughs> enough for her you know I'm fresno like there's this weird vibe where everyone's mom or like parents had an opinion on it everyone was like right. he's not good enough for her. she could do way better and i was like what is i don't know that's such a strange... Well, and, and all that, it's revealing that all the hype before that had been like, I'm not saying everyone's parents, but like, you know, a lot of parents being like, oh my God, she is so scandalous. Like she is, you know, the devil, you know, like to go from that to then like moralizing. I mean, like it just kind of goes to the, or demonstrates the fact how under the microscope she always was. Yeah. How, like, you know, she could never do anything right. And it, yeah. it goes, it's, you know, it's not groundbreaking to say like it's it stands to reason why she might have melted down right but yeah what came out of that i think <clears throat> partly because i think maybe custody of her kids or something like that uh she's been under conservatorship pretty much since then so that she doesn't actually really control her her finances yeah which is life. yeah a huge important piece of the context to that puzzle is like uh like what has happened with her fame and wealth in the last, you know, 20, I don't even know how long, 10 or 15 years right. is 
very important into understanding like that she reposted this meme that has uh okay okay, 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 okay. sorry okay so anyway so here she is she's out here uh in las vegas and then um just in the past week or so i guess has started to post some stuff on instagram with rose emojis including reposting something from a a uh influencer who who puts out like a writing newsletter i guess but so she reposted this thing that calls for wealth redistribution calls for strike right you know um it's kind of written in this like tumblr post ease uh which i think is pretty funny you know like i think like the post i mean like the the sentiment of the whole post is 100 percent what like i'm with it you know right but it, it, it it's it's something that you see kind of a lot of it's not that groundbreaking it's not you know it, it's not the same thing as if she was like reposting um a selection from Marx exactly but there's been like you know jacobin has covered it and there's been a bunch of articles calling her comrade Brittany, and people are you know t- taking this kind of as a flashpoint as a moment sure and i've also heard that she's been giving out some money or like I saw one of the posts where she's like responding to a kind of viral meme you know how people are like one of the things people are doing to spend time is to sort of like challenge each other to do 10 push-ups right or take a shot or whatever it is um I guess you know celebrities are challenging each other to give other people money <laughs> which is you know not a bad thing no yeah uh, but it seems but it seems like she is maybe doing that like she's giving out money to like buy diapers or something like that um and meanwhile, also, yeah, calling for wealth redistribution in a kind of one step removed way. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, she's reposting someone else's. No, but it's I think it's still important because you wouldn't expect, you know, obviously you and I and a uh, large majority of our friends are uh, of that mindset and have like mm-hmm. uh, like the knowledge base or have like an understanding of these socialists concepts or like communist ideas like it's stuff that we even if it's not like that we dedicate our lives to it it's things they're things that fall in line with the the values we hold politically you know and that's often like pretty insular so Mm -hmm. like someone outside like so far outside of the bubble that is often built with those leftist groups like britney spears uh, saying anything about redistribution of wealth is so like out of left field mm-hmm. in my world that uh, it's like shocking almost. And then it's also right. like something you want to sort of applaud. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think on the one hand, definitely. And, it, and even there's another element of it too that I think speaks well. I think I have a kind of a there's a it's important to keep in mind a critique of you know, kind of looking at celebrities for this kind of stuff. But I think to what we can really take or what I take from uh, Brittany posting this stuff and and thinking about comrade Brittany is that um, I think, I don't know this to be a fact, but I think isolation and like the the combination of being isolated and being under a microscope has kind of defined her public life. Sure, yeah. And I had, you know, if I could, if I could make any comparison between her and 
the kind of working class. I mean, you know, materially, she leads a very different life, I think, from most people, right? But there's a sense in which what it means to be working class is to not have a lot of control over your life from day to day and to not have a lot of authority when it comes to, like, how how your money will be spent, how much you can save, you know what I mean? Like, how, uh, what your hours are and all this kind of stuff. It's hard to know exactly how much control Britney has over what she does day to day, but I kind of imagine that being under conservatorship and not and literally not having direct control over her life as an adult person um, makes her identify with another part of the post, which was to say like that it's about we need to hold each other up and we need communion and yeah. we need to use technology to connect with each other. I imagine that she also has probably experienced loneliness. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and I think that's one level at which like people of means are connecting or, you know, at least on a surface level, empathetically with other people's plights, you know, there's one reason like, you know, health crisis can affect anyone sort of regardless mm-hmm. of how much money you make. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but I, there's like, kind of a, a sense that like maybe people will come out of this kind of having a more developed um, sense of responsibility. Um, but then I think the the kind of critique of that is that like we really shouldn't be looking to celebrities to do that mm-hmm. for us. Before, because for one thing, you know, you know, even if Brittany paid for diapers for like a hundred families, that's still like a, a drop in the bucket. You know what I mean? Of, of what like is really needed and what you actually really need is like federal level, um, you know, support or aid or whatever it is. Sure. And I think rent, it's like, very, it's like, uh, it's just a gesture, you know, and it's right. like relatively empty and there's, but there's some sort of like relief or hope that that spreads awareness of, of some of these things, these thoughts or ideas to other people, especially to people outside of like, uh, circles where they would normally just get stuck in the same like you know conservative feedback loop or something like that um, right but it is a fairly like I don't know like reposting a meme I think is a mostly empty gesture for all of us uh, I think maybe oh, some people sure. get more of it out of it than I do but you know you're just like fuck yeah this is a good one or like, like even if it's not a joke like even if it's like one of those like you're reposting right. and you're like this is important and then after that you're like okay feel like I didn't really do anything right. and it's you know we, we really don't have the data or like the science the social science behind any of this uh to study psychologically what sharing things on the internet does for anyone you know right. do you get something out of it uh like is it actually taking more away from you than you're getting out of it um I think that's important to take into account here too but you know it's it's a I don't know it's a weird situation Right. And I think it's, you know, you can start from the point of the critique of like, yeah, like it's unfair that some people's voices matter more than others. And that, you know, yeah, for sure, it's actually unfair that uh, not only do we hear more about Tom Hanks having the having the coronavirus or whatever than anyone else because he's famous, but also because his money gave him access to the test when other people don't have access to the test, right, or whoever. But also, you know, I mean, like we already know that that's unfair. We already know that's the kind of system that we're living in. I think, um, I think the other thing that's, that's encouraging about this crisis, hopefully, is that it will become more and more shameful 
to hoard. Yeah. Right. That like, I think we're kind of seeing that they're like, <clears throat> it's becoming a more widespread attitude because of this crisis as an inflection point, but they're like, you know, Hey, that person shouldn't have all of the toilet paper. We yeah. all need a little bit, you know what I mean? Like this like idea of fairness. Mm-hmm. I think, it, you know, when you saw all those celebrities getting brought together by Gal Gadot on the, uh, to sing the, the Imagine song, they all like sang the song or whatever. And then were spliced together by somebody singing Imagine by John Lennon. Mm-hmm. And many of them are just like in their, in huge mansions, but they're like strategically recording themselves in such a way that they're like not broadcasting. Yeah. I'm just like, exactly. I live in a closet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm Will Ferrell. I have like one of the most expensive homes, uh, in LA, but I'm, and I'm recording in my closet explicitly to not, you know, let you in on that because you know, what could be more shameful at a time when people are like, there's like, you know, massive spike in unemployment because people can't leave their homes to go to their jobs and you know can't pay their bills and are totally unsure about what the future holds and then to have you know i mean it reveals how patronizing yeah the reality of that video actually is to have them all be you know all these celebrities saying like imagine there's no possessions you know what i mean it's like well you know it takes a lot of imagination for you to 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 get there right because you have so many things you know yeah i mean Um, and it's, it's also that the hoarding of wealth or resources like that is actually like directly detrimental to everyone in the system you know like if just one person has a fucking pallet of hand sanitizer or has all of the the lysol spray all of the masks and gloves then there's like obviously more people who are poor and who don't have access to that stuff who are going to go without and get more sick and spread to more sick people you know Mm -hmm. it's uh it's all tied together in a way and i think we're seeing like all of those all of the ways that that direct tie uh, has tried to be like hidden from us or you know we've tried to be distracted away from it we're seeing just how like closely linked everything is um, Mm -hmm. especially when people who have so much and have the ability to hoard you know like have the literal space like they're not helping anyone they're not even really helping themselves that much they're mostly just taking away and using their power and privilege to hurt others right yeah and like sales of like you know, underground bunkers have gone way up, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Like there was like a mass exodus of, of private jets, right? you know, to the, to the Hamptons or wherever. Right. What? <laughs> it's so crazy. Cause it's like, how are you, you're not going to be, I don't know. There's nowhere you're going to be safe. Like, you, like it's so much more, I think whether it's financially viable or not, it's so much more worthwhile to stick around and do what you can to like, make sure people are fed and, clothed and have a place to live and that they have access to these resources that can keep you safe and healthy right but i feel like maybe if there's one other insidious or if there is another insidious kind of like possible side effect of celebrities doing this kind of stuff and like and then being really celebrated for it um is that it makes us maybe feel closer to them at a time we shouldn't you know what I mean? Yeah. And when, like, actually the contradiction of their lives and their livelihoods and, the like, the way that um, people matter differently and all that kind of stuff, the way that, like, that's fundamentally linked to the problems that got us here. Yeah. Uh, I wonder 
you know, because it's like, yeah, like, of course, and it's no, it's not a, all one or the other. It's not like we can't, you know, of, of course, I can imagine a world where, like, we're actually arm in arm with Comrade Brittany and she's, like, shaved her head again, but, like, in a like, tank girl mohawk and, like, right. she's part of the, you know, post-apocalyptic anarcho-resistance yeah i mean i don't know 10 years ago fuck five years ago none of us could have imagined trump as president you know that was Mm -hmm. a fucking laughable joke in a like a cartoon reality and obviously we were wrong about that maybe britney spears does become uh, some sort of like neo-soviet era general (laughs) i guess my just my gut instinct is to say like we should probably go the opposite direction. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, if we don't like what Trump has done, then I don't think the right, the right answer is to say, like, yeah, we should have Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> like, just replace, uh, it's just got to be one or the other, baby. Yeah, we're like, like, all right, we're already here. Like, you know what? Like, fuck it, Ronald McDonald. Yeah. Next president, you know? We put a cat in charge. That didn't work out. Let's put a dog <laughs> in charge. That's right. Uh, Joe Biden. Do you want Mac. to read the meme? Yes. Is that on the docket? Are you saw? Yeah. Also, it's we should, it should be credited to Mimi Zhu, mm-hmm. I believe is um, their name. Let's see. Let me pull it up. Um, so here it is, word for word. Oh, and also her. So Britney Spears on the twenty third, March twenty third, posted an image full of text with a caption. That reads, communion goes beyond walls. Three uh, rose emojis, which as we know are associated with socialism and like the DSA and that kind of stuff. So here's the post written by Mimi Zhu that she reposted. During this time of isolation, and it would be great actually if we could have like a slowed down um, Britney Spears song in the background that's like, sounds like, you know, like, <clears throat> kind of vaguely inspirational. I'll get the production team to work on that. Yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> okay, so during this time of isolation, we need connection now more than ever. Call your loved ones. Write virtual love letters. Technologies like streaming and broadcasting are part of our community collaboration. We will learn to kiss and hold each other through the waves of the web. We will feed each other, redistribute wealth, strike. We will understand our own importance from the places we must stay. Communion moves beyond walls. We can still be together. Um, and that's it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, after that, she posted, and her next post was, uh, is this, you know, kind of like a velvet painting looking image of uh, a full moon and kind of like a, 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 a sky. A, a, yeah. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, she's just posting like anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but it's, it is cool just to kind of say maybe partly in closing that like, um, that I, I mean, I personally believe in, in people's ability to like redeem themselves. Not that Britney Spears has anything necessarily to redeem for, mm-hmm. but that like, you know, people of means can choose can make it always have a decision to make yeah which is how to use them you know right and people with uh, <laughs> a large 
following to have a right. great and amount of power of, and responsibility and money and it's a matter of, de- matter of degrees of like yeah like it's one thing to take five ten a dozen people and buy them diapers that they need which makes their lives better in a short-term way and, and that's good yeah of, you know that's a certain amount of good yeah and there's another amount of good which is to say like you know i'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to and all, all my resources and everything to you know uh committing to the political cause or whatever. And it's not to say that that's better. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I could see, I mean, I guess my thing is like, we're in a time, like I saw that Taylor Swift is also giving people money. You know, Miley Cyrus is giving people money. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, they have money. That's yeah. not like really the question, but I think we're living in a time when the people, their fans are, you know, there's unrest among the people, you know, the, the, um, the natives are getting restless. Yeah. Like regular folks, the, the majority of us who listen to Britney Spears and who those people rely on, you know, their careers rely on us. Um, they have to move to match where we are. Right. And I think we can continue to kind of demand that of them and to, you know, if there's anything useful about canceling people which i'm kind of gen- like opposed to as a in a broad way in like a cancel culture you know but if there is any utility to it to say like look there has to be some kind of consequences yeah for for people who you know are hoarding sanitizer you know mm-hmm. what i mean like <clears throat> there has to be consequences for people who are kind of just you know yeah well what what and this kind of up to each person to some extent, especially if the law or if we can't count on authority, people in authority to kind of take care of this for us, but or to kind of adjudicate this for us. But like, what are we going to, what do we do with our friends or our loved ones or whoever who are like making poor decisions Yeah, during, you know, a pandemic? It's tough. It's something you just have to be, you know, gentle and respectful and considerate, but at the same time, like, very firmly try to show the error of their ways or, you know, spread what information you can and hope mm-hmm. that it has some sort of an impact. Yeah. Well, there, there's definitely more to be said. I'm thinking about like all the people live streaming and stuff now, but maybe actually you're going to talk about that. Yeah. So, uh, what I wanted to talk about is the future of musicians and performing. Um, obviously we've seen, a staggering amount of cancellations for these enormous music festivals like South by Southwest, uh, Coachella. And the thing about that, you know, it's both good and bad. Um, I guess the argument that I want to make is that it is more good um, that <laughs> uh, like companies like Live Nation and Golden Voice have spent the past, you know, five to 10 years buying all of the major festivals in the nation to like such an extent uh, and also propagating them, you know, to such an extent that they have uh, virtual control over this like circuit um, that wasn't there like 20 or 30, 40 years ago. Um, And it's all sort of based on this idea that they can get a ton of big name acts to play um, and people will come and be able to see all of their favorite bands at once. But the data that we have for that doesn't show anything like that happening. You know, 
people come to see maybe one or two acts on a bill like Coachella, which sports, you know, up to 200 different people performing at any given time. Right. And what they spend their time doing outside of watching that uh, performance that they've come to see and spent, you know, upwards of two to $300 to see, they spend their time in like selfie booths. Uh, they spend their time in like virtual reality uh, stores that Gucci owns or something, you know? And all of that is like the way that these have become so profitable is that these companies like Live Nation and Golden Voice have partnered with other brands to collect data. And like that's another huge part of data mining culture with these technology companies that they now have access to like, what's your favorite brand? When you go to a show, what are you buying? What kind of beer? Right. What brand? You know, uh, what kind of vodka are you going to buy? What kind of like, it's it's really kind of terrifying the amount of information they're able to get out of people who are waiting. You know, there are reports of some festivals where people will wait in a like 100 person line to go take a selfie at the you know tito's vodka selfie booth or something Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. then different acts smaller acts especially who are being given this chance for exposure or opportunity you know which that those words for any performing musician usually mean less money Mm -hmm. no one's going to see them play you know people are, are like more interested in uh like the virtual pool party that coachella throws or something like that Um, And I think in the long run, what these companies are doing is harmful because of the data mining. And it's also harmful because it's strangling diversity out of music in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, If you sign on to play one of those shows or one of those big festivals, you're usually also agreeing to like a two month or one month extension out, uh, both before and after of not playing anywhere near, um, Mm -hmm. which I think works for bigger artists like. Um, if you're Eminem or something, you know, obviously you're going to make more money playing this festival circuit. Um, but then smaller artists, you know, they often make a living doing those smaller shows. And maybe like the guarantee of exposure of playing a big festival is enticing and exciting. And obviously it's like graduating to this next level of your band. Um, but oftentimes it also means that you're going to be missing out on work because of that agreement or because of that contract. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at the end of the day that if we can get into a place where uh, those big corporations aren't owning uh, our music experiences, our live music experiences especially, uh, we'll be better off for it. Uh, Because it'll mean that we have these more like exclusive uh, opportunities to see them play. And we'll have these more like niche experiences with music instead of these like big broad ones where um you're waiting in these long lines or where you're paying like 25 dollars for a a hamburger or something like that um yeah i don't know what are your thoughts on any of that i mean a lot of that sounds like a critique that we could have made in the bc you know before corona yeah no absolutely i think that it's relevant just because everything's been canceled and it seems like a lot of people are holding out hope you know um like hardly strictly or outside lands in the bay are coming up in august and september um and that's not happening right they're gonna cancel those exactly and you know i think people are waiting because they want to see how this is going to develop further but it's yeah you know we obviously again i think everyone's waiting for something to change but it looks like it's another like eight to twelve months of 
of dealing yeah. with this at least. Absolutely. So, yeah. So it's like we were saying earlier where it's going to be, you know, when your flight keeps getting pushed back at an airport, it's like 15 minutes and then another 15 minutes and then it turns into a whole day. It's like, yeah, I think people are just going to have to be, continue to be creative Yeah. In, in terms of like figuring out how to monetize their, their work. You know I mean? A lot of, I think it, it is going to push a lot of people who are trying to be musicians to go further and further into trying to figure out what they can do online. Well, so I think, and we've seen different aspects of this before. Like, do you remember Baychella? Like overtook the internet. It was a live Beyonce concert event. Yeah, you know, and there was an audience. Right. There was a crowd there, but uh, people freaked out about it. I mean, it was so huge. It had uh, like millions of views, and I think that video was saved for a little while afterwards that you could still go and experience. It, but it's now scrubbed from the internet. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure there's plans to reproduce that content or repackage it in some way. But right. it's you know a live streaming experience that uh i think maybe maybe not for the first time but it's something that you can now say like dude i was there even though you weren't right. there you know it's like right. i had this ex like intimate experience on my computer with an artist that i really love and appreciate and if you missed out you missed out right because you, you, can't you know get how back. um uh people were like posting a lot about how you know is biden dead because he hasn't been there's been like no presence right. of our of our supposed you know democratic front runner. Um, did you see that like his one kind of online appearance during that during a period of a couple of days when everyone was like kind of where are you you know and, and the 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 pandemic is kind of escalating and he uh, he his appearance online was the thumbs up the yellow thumbs up emoji on a live DJ Nice set. And so everyone's kind of baffled and and i think the theory going theory is that it's someone on his campaign right right no like not him he's not watching you know sure uh a, a live dj set but it's like so strange it's really weird yeah yeah but, but i don't know i mean things like twitch yeah uh where people can you know i mean sure so these tools have been around for a while but it's always it's been in um I don't know if it's really been an artist's hands. Um, you know, like places like Audio Tree have been doing live performances or recording live sets and that's like uh, a really cool way to experience like a digital live music performance. Mm -hmm. But there's also like I'm obviously now we're gonna have to get very creative. And so there's things like live streaming concerts on Instagram or on Zoom, stuff like that. And it, it's gonna be really interesting to see how all of that takes shape, you know? Because obviously, it's not the same as if you go to a show, you know, at a venue to see a headlining act. Um, and, oh, my God, my friend's band is playing or like this band is playing. And like you discover someone new because you came early for the opener right. or the two openers right. or something like that. It's really not the same as like you can't tune in to a whole concert at home. I mean, obviously you can't, but it's not as no one's going to do that when they can just be at home <laughs> right. like choosing their content for themselves because of the wealth of choices that we have. Like there's no way that someone, if most people at a show are already going to be on their fucking phones. You can only imagine someone watching a show on their phone, but right. there's no way to keep them focused on one thing or like to jump to another Instagram account to watch that set. Right. 
yeah, I mean, you know, like uh, the whole kind of last round of movies that came out in theaters have all been released to be, to be seen online. I mean, it's like, you know, 25 bucks or whatever to like rent yeah. it because it's supposed to be like a theater release. But right. yeah, I mean, I think everyone got like all the people in business who's, you know, who, the people who like bet on the stock market, the people whose job, like whether they're right or wrong, their jobs are like, their expertise supposedly is in figuring out how to continue making money as reliably as possible mm-hmm. are being like, no, like this isn't going to work. You know, we, we can't, we actually have to change the way everything works. I mean, I think, you know, uh, yeah, we, we just don't really know what the future holds because I think it's looking like things could go toward a total economic collapse. If everyone's all unemployed, Sure, you know what I mean? So what if, um, and if it's, if it's anything like last time, 2007, 2008, right around the time that Britney Spears is having uh, an episode, so was the economy. Uh, coincidence? That's for you to decide, you know? Yeah. But um, wow. they took Britney down and they took down the housing market, man. <laughs> uh, it's it's the big short, but somehow you have to like, m- like fuse that with um, like short me baby one more time or, you know, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> we well, like... <laughs> Uh, some friends of mine played. Me, baby. Some friends of mine played a live stream fest the other day called Stay at Home Fest, um, mm-hmm. and it seemed to go pretty well. I mean, there were like six or seven different acts. I think viewership varied on most of them, but it's really cool and interesting, and, and a weird way to like now get to see some of your favorite artists or some of your friends like playing at home. Obviously, right. that's like a different setting than going on stage somewhere, and like uh, you're kind of stuck with your roommates. You know, like Jeff right. and I have talked about doing. Uh, a live stream like with uh, him playing on some of my songs me playing on some of his songs be tight. and like, yeah, I mean and maybe it'll look more I mean you know I guess in my idea in my ideal future um, the economy collapses mm-hmm. the, po- the political system collapses we return to some kind of like agrarian like like techno agrarian lifestyle right um, where you know only people who look out for each other survive and yeah you know there's like a, there's like an island of rich people that we sink or something you know right we, we handle that uh there's still you know miscreants around but you, you know we have a society to, to, to handle that but um people just make you know yeah we're never let out of our houses again really hardly you know it's like it's like social distancing forever um, you know in this unfortunate that's the one unfortunate part of this ideal situation but people can just maybe um, the tool, if the, when the tools of music are available to everyone, the tools of recording and streaming music are available increasingly to an increasing uh, number of people, not to everyone. Sure. Um, maybe music making practice will return to people's daily lives the way yeah. it did kind of pre-recorded music where like to, to entertain yourselves, you have to do it. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? And then like, you can still share it with other people. I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot of tools and a lot of ways to do that. Like obviously, you know, GarageBand is free. For Mac users, there are a lot of people who are giving free software out. You know, like Adobe, I think, is there's like a two-month free access to a lot of their tools, too. But uh, it kind of reminds me of when I used to live in Indiana. We used to talk about, like, every winter, you know, everyone is making a record because you're just kind of holed up and you're going to be in the basement just, like, playing and writing and, like, making demos and stuff like that. There's just this, like, set-aside period of time where because of what's going on, and with the climate or with the outside world you know everything kind of slows down and you're just in like the writing mode 
and now we're seeing this really big section of that and it's not really weather specific it's just everyone's at home and you know like even on our practice space here like the oakland music complex i can only imagine it's like clean out for the most part like i brought right. most of my things home because i know i'm just gonna sit here and record stuff you know right make demos play with the, the synthesizers that i don't understand how to use at all and uh you know whether it turns into something or not it'll be really cool to see what happens from this time period in terms of like people recording things and mm. people just yeah, crafting it's, it's like, stuff it's like how people are saying there's going to be a bunch of coronavirus uh, not coronavirus like corona well corona children that are conceived mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah <laughs> it's like, there'll be a lot of corona albums a lot of corona books very true um yeah nice well i think we talked about all the stuff we wanted to talk about well i think we had another segment which was post-apocalyptic music but oh we yeah that's right here if you want yeah um yeah i don't know you want to make you want to go one for one you give me like your post-apocalyptic music and i guess it doesn't have to be like in my mind it's not apocalyptic in well that's the like, thing i mean i have a really long list here because i wasn't sure which direction you're gonna go with it i think i think it's a very loose definition you know what i mean yeah yeah but you well, tell why, me why don't you kick it off to give me a sense of where you're going with it and then i can either <laughs> choose to go in that direction or a totally different one okay um i think a very post-apocalyptic album for me is okay, so it is about post-apocalyptic aesthetics well, it's like, what <laughs> What do you want to listen to when the world I is see. ending, you know? Are you looking for something so kind of like a desert that... island band. Yeah. Is it like that or is it different? Well, do you want to listen to something that's, like, comforting or that's going to, like, be calming in some way? Do you want to listen to something that's, like, feeding into any of your, like, angst or fears or inhibitions? Do you want to listen to something that's, like, um, totally out there and just, like, uh, science fictiony as a distraction. Like I think all of them mm-hmm. for me, you know. Right, right. But one of them that I that I want to talk about is uh, I'm not I'm not sure if you're actually familiar with any of these people, but they're Montreal musicians, uh, or maybe it's Quebec. Damn, I'm gonna get on blast for that. I think it's Quebec. Oh, oh my god, our fans are gonna be uh, so mad. Fuck. <laughs> uh, Godspeed you, Black Emperor. Do you know that band? Oh yeah, Godspeed you. Then uh, Silver Mount Zion. Uh, are two related groups, but a lot of their records, I would say all of their records, just give me, like, remind me of this very, like, anarchistic, uh, free form, free thought, like, instrumental music. Uh, Silver Mount Zion is more like chamber. There's, like, a collected vocal take on all most of the songs, and the themes in a lot of them are just, like, this society has to change. We will, like, uh, overcome by becoming something else, what we were always supposed to be. It's like like that kind of stuff. I think I gravitate towards a little bit more when I'm thinking about like the end of the world, especially in a political sense of like, great, the end of capitalism. This is going to mean you know that I'll be able to go out and learn how to tie knots and start a garden and uh, maybe I'll start playing the fucking cello through a distortion pedal, right? Because I've always wanted to. That does probably sound amazing. Yeah. Well, I am sorry, but I have to have more than one answer. No, I have more than one. I think we should just go back oh, and forth, you know? Does that oh, sound I good? See, I see. Good, 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 good. Okay, I'm, I was really stressed because I wasn't going to be able to choose one. <laughs> You're just going to have but 20? My, <laughs> my first answer is um, 
talking heads. Okay. And in particular, some of their work where, because I think they're a really interesting blend for me of future think forward thinking and like imagining futures and having a critique of consumerism, of capitalism, of xenophobia, of whatever else they like, you know, a critique of, of current of the current society, but then also an understanding of why the trappings of this society and culture continue why we continue to have affection for them. So a song like Nothing But Flowers, where it's all about like the gist of the song is like, look like we're we actually we're in a post apocalypse that's green and the flowers are growing on top of a pizza hut. But he's like, I'm actually I really wish I had a lawnmower. This right. Is, I, this is too much. I wish I could go back to. I wish my microwave worked. You know what I right. mean? I would. You know, which is really relatable and kind of goofy and kind of funny, but also deeply true and poignant. You know what I mean? Um, so that's one example. And also, um, life during wartime. Yeah. Which kind of speaks to this, like both the the lack of romance, like the the gritty reality of living during crisis. But also the romance of it too, on on the flip side, because it's like, you know, the, the kind of song is like, look, there's no there's no records to play, there's no time for you know, being romantic with each other, there's no time for all this kind of stuff, you know, but yeah, like we're they're we're running guns, we're setting up blockades, we're like it's like doing all this like clandestine like military operations, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Um, and yet, it's still a song about that. Mm-hmm. And there's still some kind of like joy to it, and there's still some humor to the song. This ain't no disco, you know what I mean? This ain't no fooling around, but it's like um, you can never really stop that, or like people will always find ways to enjoy, like have to find ways to like like play, you know what I mean? Or like make things into a game, or to like distract themselves. Like that's mm-hmm. just a human necessity and a human talent that, and a capacity that we have, and and to just like survive and to like you know maybe it really does need to come down to to the point at some sometime soon where we're yeah stockpiling guns to like defend ourselves from militia people because it's come down to that it's like you know you know i'm not saying like i personally want to see civil war as like i don't think that's the only solution to our problems but like you know that could happen or like maybe that's what's you know yeah uh, you know what i'm saying like so i don't know Absolutely. I think Talking Heads for me is a band that as a band of vision, and 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 also they're they're David Byrne is a lyricist who's able to really kind of like get to the heart of things that are just deeply true but often unsaid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely um, in our own time, you know, and in the way that science fiction authors get us to that, that like they when no, really good science fiction is about the present, actually. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I have. Oh man, let's see. I think one of the other ones for me, I'm, I'm gonna do a comfort one. Okay, that's okay. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll find my list. Tim the Torpedoes. Oh okay. The record, which is the one with like you know all of the hits. Mm-hmm. Um, and that for me is just like it's more carefree. It's it's a record that I've listened to since I was like I don't even know how old. You know, probably younger than this, but. I think like 12 or 13 was when I started to really recognize that I'd gravitated towards those songs or those song writing process or techniques. Uh, and that's just like a comfort record for me, for sure. Yeah. It's yeah. one of the first shows I went to was Tom Petty. Um, and it was like, you know, it was like the big like lawn show. There's like 
you know, hundreds of people there. It's outside, Classic. and he just seemed so cool and like laid back. And uh, yeah, it was just this big experience uh, that I think set me off on a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one of a lot of different records that I like to put on when I want to just feel like, hell yeah, carefree, uh, making tacos over here. Yes. Not, a, Ro- not anything tacos. to worry about. To- Roadkill tofu tacos. Here comes my girl. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think Tom Petty falls for me under my general, like, Americana mm-hmm. version of the post-apocalypse, where it's like, you know, everything is turned into kind of like vaguely Western because of, like, the lack of technology. Like, somehow, like, we can't rely on electricity the same way, so everyone's kind of like, you know, driving around Mad Max trucks, and the, the kind of soundtrack would be, yeah, like, like Leonard Skinner, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like, yeah. uh, like, the kind of, like... Um, Dude, exactly. Duck Dynasty post-apocalypse, uh, which really appeals to me. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think it's all about taking that uh, aesthetic or taking that vibe and just turning it on its head, you know? Yeah. Well, but that, exactly. I mean, it's like there's something about, you know, like the outlaw country version of the post-apocalypse where it's like, uh, okay, which is adjacent to another version of post-apocalypse for me or another like soundtrack for it, which is the kind of like trash can 80s funk rock okay. rap aesthetic. So like uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, mm-hmm. Aero Red Hot Chili Peppers, where like there's like tracks of percussion in the background that are then just like banging on pots and pans. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, like the, for me, that's like the, that's the post-apocalyptic rave where everyone's dressed in like neon, like or like day glow, black light uh, body paint. They have a music video from from the eighties where they're all like covered in like in, in uh, body paint, black light body paint. So you know it's like that kind. Of, it's like uh, Batman and Robin, where there's like those uh, the bikers that are all covered in like day glow covers. You ever seen that or colors? You ever seen that movie? I don't think so. Oh man, it's pretty bad. But uh, okay, so that, that, yeah, that I'm just not remembering it. Our, our listener, our listeners know what I mean. Sure. Um, but. I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess what I'm saying is, like, I have different sort of aesthetic ideas because the the Talking Heads one is the one I'd actually prefer to live in. Or, like, that's the world where I can kind of imagine myself um, subsisting and, and living comfortably. Right. You know what I mean? Whereas, yeah, like, the Americana one is one where it's kind of like, it, it's more like Walking Dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I guess it's, like, more like that. That would be the soundtrack if, like, the, the second American Civil War where we haven't where like all all the ugliness of our history is resurfacing and we're kind of having to like yeah. deal with that you know what I mean right I'm uh, I'm yeah. like out by the raised bed gardens in a rocking chair with a <laughs> a big cowboy hat somehow my hair is still bleached smoking a, a cigarette made playing. out of a, an empty uh, oil can yeah <laughs> and my <laughs> rifle's right there yeah yeah, yeah it's, the very, it's, it's very much like oh and then there's another version of that which is um, the kind of like Fallout video game franchise thing of like 1950s, but like all dusty and rusted. Yeah. And like there's a jukebox that's playing like 1950s era, like doo wop. Right. You know, it's playing like, uh, you know, Duke, 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 Duke of Earl. And it's like yeah. really like nostalgic and like. <laughs> that's a know, pretty like cool a apocalyptic it's playlist, like a, too. Right? It's like an overgrown diner or something. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know oh, if yeah. the, I think the nostalgia trip for the. 50 stuff gets a little dicey because it's like 
what of world course. are we actually hoping for again but the, a lot of the music from that area was also on top of being like so wholesome it was just so good like so good but then also like uh, haunting like like mm-hmm. you know and used to to get effect in like blue velvet by david lynch where it's yeah. like you know the actual creepiness of all the writhing bugs underneath the you know super green lawn and the super white picket fence and the super red roses yeah uh, and like the creepiness of a song like blue velvet like actually if you listen to a lot of those doo-wop songs like they're about love it's like you'll be mine you know like the gist of the song is like i want to control you yeah you know what i mean it's actually like really scary yeah um so i think a lot like my favorite versions of those things that look back to nostalgia in order to tell a post-apocalyptic kind of a story are the ones that are like about that it's done well about like investigating why those were like why that was kind of when we when we went wrong you know what i mean yeah in the before times um do you have another example because i have one more I have one more too. Perfect. Okay, go for it. We didn't even plan that. Um, my next one was Pretty Hate Machine, Nine Inch Nails, mm-hmm. which is just like an album mm-hmm. that I think about mm-hmm. forward. It's just an album about like taking everything apart, like yourself and all, all the other parts of your reality or the parts of like the systems that you're like engaged with, which I think is super important at this juncture of just having all this time of like reflection, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but especially that record because it's like both violent and like you can dance to it and you can put it on it's like one of those records you can put on from front to back and not get sick of anything and just like mm-hmm. find something new every time uh, right. like for re-listenability I think it's a really big one too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah nice so my last one is I really I honestly really need you to listen to Death Grips because <laughs> we need to be able to have this conversation okay. as soon as possible but I feel like, like I'm actually. I had this conversation. I had a conversation with about them with Zach, where he was saying he was like he's suspicious of them, you know. Sure. And and uh, as I think many people are, because of because of how popular they are, or how much of a reputation of being like out of left field and alternative, that's like maybe not totally earned. Um, but what my point to him, or my point that I made to him, that I think. He, he appreciated whether or not he agreed with it was that they're like a very successful a very cohesive aesthetic project they're not they may not be actually as gnarly as they claim to be but they're very it's like it's like a very good tv show you know what i mean it's like a theatrical yeah um product that they're putting out you know what i mean i I think i understand that yeah which is like not a new idea in rock music at all but like or whatever you know it just it just in pop music it just seems like they're doing something consistently that's really fresh and really their own and i don't enjoy every single thing that they do but a lot of what they're dealing with is like embodying madness and it's and like telling story trying to figure out how to tell stories sonically and lyrically about the internet and about how culture and identity and all that kind of stuff is affected in our or how that takes shape in our current moment you know what i mean uh yeah in a way that i think is really post-apocalyptic or, or like prophetic about apocalypse and so at their best you know what i mean um and also kind of sounds apocalyptic in, in a way that like and like you know i don't know exactly about that nine inch nails record but like the idea of industrial music and that kind of like those kinds of that kind of production 
is a very, you know, yeah, um, very much that kind of uh, empty, blasted out buildings like yeah. Detro- like Detroit, you know. For sure. I mean, and that's like the imagery that, I don't know, saying you want it, it's definitely not like the right way of expressing that, but like that's sort of what you, that's the post-apocalypse vision I think I'm most familiar with. It's just this like ball of uh, capitalism, ball of society, like industrialized hellscape. And in my mind, for whatever reason, like envisioning things that way is extremely familiar and like comforting somehow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I I think maybe that's what the song, uh, nothing but flowers is kind of getting at too, is like, well, well, how would we feel if it was actually a green apocalypse? That'd be weird. Like, like how, right. Like what if, you know, how are the last few humans who are not like living in agreement with nature going to feel when it's like, uh, actually the earth is doing increasingly pretty good. It's just that, you know, we're kind of not relevant anymore. Right. That kind of thing. Like what if it, what if it didn't go the way that we always imagine it might, where we still matter, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Right on. I think, uh, is this a good one? I think so. I think it was pretty good. And then we have stuff to uh, to try to talk about next time. Definitely. I will listen to Death Grips. Ooh, I swear. I'm psyched. I have all this time. I might as well do something I hate. <laughs> uh, it's going to be rad. But thank you if you've listened this long. And I hope that all of our friends know we missed them. And I hope it was uh, an okay way to spend like an hour, an hour and a half, or whatever, of your day, uh, just hanging out with me and Max. Yeah, when we look back at this time, we're going to say uh, it's been real. We're going to say it's been good. But we will not say that it's been real good. We will say that we made one podcast episode. We will look our... Ch- uh, well, I'm going to say our children, but, you know, whether or not we ever wanted to have any, you know, that's going to happen. That's a uh, whole other episode, buddy. The next generation will know. They'll remember us. Yeah, definitely. They'll, they'll sing songs about us. They will have to. They'll be forced to. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a statue, and it's it's both of us, mm-hmm. and we're wearing, you know, little like uh, like military outfits. You're dressed as exactly Captain Crunch. <laughs> yeah, I have my hand in the jacket like uh, Napoleon, and I'm scooping things out of a bowl of cereal. Fact and eating facts, eating your facts. Eating your facts. Yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, I'll talk to you later, buddy. Cool, man. Uh, Yes. Uh, Let me know if you you want any help doing editing or anything like that. Sure. Cool. Yeah. All right. Love you. Be safe. Love you, dude. Take it easy. Yeah.